Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. In episode 72 with Melissa, we talked about all kinds of crazy good stuff like designing for conversions and sales pages. And we've really quickly kind of near the end touched on her tips for hearing yes from potential clients more often. And to be honest with you guys, when I was just starting out, my best strategy for hearing yes was literally to just like lower my rates as low as I could stand, Um, like literally $150 for a custom theme is what I started out with just so I would hear that yes. Um, Isn't that crazy? It hurts me inside, right? (laughs) It's so crazy because like same. I think the very first, we've talked about this on a podcast episode, but the very first design I ever did, A, was for free, but the first Mm -hmm. paying client I ever did was like 50 euro. And it's like crazy how much our prices have changed (sighs) since we both got started. Oh my gosh. Thank, yeah. thank goodness. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, with that being said, that's not how we want to do it, right? That's not how we want to get yes from our clients. So today we're going to kind of go back and forth and talk about a few of our favorite ways to increase the chances of hearing yes more often. Yeah. And I'm really excited about this episode because um, like you said, we're going back and forth. We both have a lot of really good ideas on where you can start um, kind of warming people up and getting them to want to work with you even before um, maybe they're like on your sales page. Mm -hmm. And then even kind of after that, making sure that it's easy. So yeah, we have tips for kind of every step of the potential client process there. Yeah, for sure. So I guess I'll just go on ahead and uh, start us off here. Um, Also, I just want to say we have a lot of points and our outline (laughs) is really long. So if this is like a 40 minute episode, this is going to be a good one, you guys promise. (laughs) Um, So first and foremost, I think the first place you can start warming people up and getting them more likely to say yes to you by um, using your blog and social media content to really just talk about your process. Um, So this is the first place that you're likely going to get somebody's attention outside of referrals. So everyone is following tons of designers right now on their blogs, their social, all of the social media channels. So this is just a great way to get people interested in working with you because they are seeing different things that you are doing with your clients or um, what you have done as part of a project with a previous client. So I like to say, both on social media and your blog, you can show off literally the same exact thing. And I used to look at this and think, well, I don't know exactly what to show off. So on my blog and even on my Instagram, I used to only show off the mood board, but there is so literally every single step of the process you can show off. So the research you're doing, show potential clients how much work you put into your uh, projects with clients. 
your brand strategy, because everyone is doing that now. Your sketches, your mood board, rejected logo options are mm-hmm. unsent options. If you um, are only doing a one concept, you can always show off some of those options that you had that didn't quite make the final cut. Um, you can show off a peek at the web design mock-up, um, anything like that. And I'm curious to hear from you as a non-designer, what you think about showing all those things off um, on on Instagram and blogs and all that. Yeah, like in, so Instagram is what comes to mind for me because that's where I spend the most time, um, Instagram stories specifically. I really love seeing that kind of stuff from designers, but especially when it's mixed in with other things. So I think if that's the only thing you're showing off, like in your stories, all you ever do is pop on and, you know, show some work, I think you're missing out on some opportunity. Um, you know, get on and say what you're doing that day. Tell everyone hi. Tell them about something funny that happened. And you don't necessarily even need to like do videos with your face on it. Just kind of keep your stories interesting. So when you do show off your work, uh, people are, you know, people are watching because I think even if, you know, you have really gorgeous work, if that's all you show off, people will get bored. Would you agree with that, Corey? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I find myself... Um, I think right now, as we record this, I'm in a phase where I'm not on design, like our get back to design Instagram as often as I used to be just because I'm not doing as much design work right now. Um, So I'm not looking for that kind of inspiration as often. But so when I do get on there and I'm looking at the stories of people we follow, I do get really easily like burnt out if somebody is just only showing that kind of work. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but the point you made about talking about what you're doing that day or something funny that happened, that's just a really great way to connect with people and to get someone to be willing to invest uh, four figures or more, depending on like where you stand as a designer. um, You really have to do more than just show that stuff. You have to really connect with them too. So I think that was a great point. Yeah. And the mix of the two is really, really powerful. So we're not saying don't show off your design work. We're definitely saying still do that because it's really powerful. Just mix it in with other things. Yes, definitely. So um, like I was saying, you can show off all those things while you are working on a project, but I think you can also show it off when you're done. Um, So maybe you are, your process is spread out over a couple of months um, and you're showing off one thing every couple of weeks during the project. And then at the end of the project, you can show how it all came together over the course of maybe like six or seven stories. I don't know what's the like spot, the number (laughs) that you're supposed to show. So don't maybe go off of that number, but just an idea. Um, also I know I'm very funny, uh, going on to the blog. I also just wanted to talk about how you can go more in depth there and really wow potential clients and get them eager to want to experience the same thing that your clients are experiencing. So maybe, um, and Krista, you've talked about this before doing a full case study blog post where you are showing off the, um, individual projects that you took with a client and then the process in that project. So here's where I started with the research and blah, 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 and make it in depth. I mean, if somebody's really curious about your process, they're going to read that blog post and that mm-hmm. may change them from on the fence to really for sure. I definitely want to work with this person. 
I like that point. Don't worry about like, uh, I don't know if anyone cares about that. If they don't care about it, they're not going to read the posts. The people that are reading these posts like are interested and want to know what's going on. So I'm glad you said that. Yeah, exactly. Think about what we are doing right now. We're not reading content unless we're super interested in it. Yeah. So somebody who's reading that blog post about your project is like really probably almost ready to work with you right mm -hmm. now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you can also do individual blog posts just on different parts of your process and why they are vital for, you know, the success of the project and the success of your client. I don't think this is something that I would do on a super regular basis because I think um, this is really educational. And in some ways, this is kind of giving away your secret sauce to other designers. Um, but I do think uh, just like the case study blog post, this is a great way to just educate your potential clients and maybe even your uh, past and current clients too uh, on why you do what you do. Um, and I guess more specifically, like what you do in different parts of your project. Yeah. And as for your blog, show up like show off things other than your work too. I'll give an example actually. So I, as of recording this, I just hired a new VA um, and that might not seem relevant, but hang with me. Um, <laughs> you know, and when you're looking for someone like that, there's kind of like one level missing, I feel like, from a designer. You don't have to look for, you know, how creative this work is and if it matches like you're at the aesthetic you're going for or anything like that. So it's, I don't know, I feel like there's one less barrier. But when I was looking for someone, when I found, well, Corey actually sent me the Instagram account of yeah. this person I ended up hiring. <laughs> um, but when I was thinking of hiring her, I was all over up in her business, like on her Instagram, watching all her stories, all her highlights. I was scrolling through her feed. I, I read, I literally went through every single blog post on her site. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> she didn't have a lot. So I'll okay, say that. Good. <laughs> um, but through that, I was able to get a peek at, you know, some of the client work she was doing. Like she didn't show off a lot, but I was able to see some of the people she was working with and get the idea through what she was writing and sharing that she does really good work. And like through her blog post, I was able to be like, oh yeah, that's, you know, the kind of help I want. So, you know, that made me decide to hire her. That's what it is. So this stuff is really, really powerful, even though like in the moment, as you're going to share something, it might not seem that way. This can be what tips the scale of someone hiring you versus not. Yeah, I think that's a really good point too. And even if you are not, um, like I said, writing a blog post on every single step of your mm -hmm. process, because I don't think that's super important. But if you have like one blog post where you're educating other people, maybe not even necessarily you're writing it specifically for potential clients, but mm -hmm. if you're explaining something that's really important to you in terms of branding and, you know, brand strategy, let's pull that out as an example. And that's so important to you. And you write a really good blog post about why that's important for people to consider or or like a certain element when it comes to web design, like we were talking about with Melissa, the the conversion-based web design, you can really like what your new VA did for you. And I don't want to name names because I don't know if we're at that point with her yet, <laughs> but we probably will be soon. Yeah. But um, you can really show off your expertise um, how just really how much you know, and you can show somebody, okay, that level of detail in XYZ, whatever it is, is important to her. And that's actually really important yeah. to me too. So yes, I'm for sure going to hire that person. Exactly. I'm all excited about this point. We have to move to the next one. Yeah, like, I know. We're yeah. like 11 minutes in already and we're 
just on the first point. So we'll probably be here all day. Page two of six. Oh, God. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to move on to the next one then. And the next way that we think uh, you can kind of get potential clients to say yes a little easier is by highlighting the end results and benefits of working with you. And hang with me, you guys, because I know I talk about this a lot. I feel like every other week I'm talking about this and we only post episodes every other week. Uh, you guys are probably really sick of me by now, but it's so, so important. Uh, especially when you want to charge a price that's, you know, worth more than literally just like a logo, like the image of a logo, basically, you know, you're making more than just a logo. So when you want to charge a price that reflects that, this point is so important. And like, this can be what tips the state tips, the scale between a client working with you versus someone else. If you sell them on the benefits of working with you, you know, if you have a similar aesthetic to someone, but you can, you know, say, here's the benefits of working with me better than they can. It can be the difference. And this is going to look like telling them that the website you design will get them more sales and therefore increase their income instead of just being like, hey, yay, you get a website if you work with me. No, you get more sales. Your business is going to thrive if we do this for you. Um, and just to give you guys an example, for my custom uh, web, web development package, I could just tell designers that, hey, you give me your mock-ups and I'm going to give you a finished website based on those. Yay. Now give me money. <laughs> but instead I say things like, you know, I give them the ability to save themselves a week or more per project, countless late, late nights and stress fi fighting with code. Or I say they can save themselves two or more years and tens of thousands of dollars learning proper coding techniques, or that they can create an experience that they're confident in and their clients will love. Like how much more powerful are those than, Hey, give me your mockups. I'll make a website. Hello. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'll make a website for you is so boring, but when when yeah. you think about what you're telling people, and I feel like this is something Melissa talked on last in the last episode as well, mm -hmm. it's just making it, giving them more than just, hey, this is what I'm doing. I mean, it's like you just said, somebody doesn't want to just hear, oh, okay, I get a logo that's yep. so bland. And why would I hire you if, I mean, to be honest with you, anyone can create a logo for their business nowadays. Not yeah. necessarily anyone, but pretty much anyone can jump on Squarespace and make their own website. So yep. that included with how much competition there is out there for designers, you really do have to think about creating this sales page and highlighting these really great benefits. And if you are sitting here thinking, I don't know about the benefits that my clients get, so I don't even know what to kind of highlight for this on my sales page. We are going to talk about that in probably like a million minutes, but we'll get to it and help you because I know um, for a long time, I felt the same way. Like I was like, I don't know what to highlight and I don't want to mm -hmm. just say random stuff. So just a note there. We're getting there. <laughs> Hang in there. So yeah, for in short, basically what we're trying to tell you here is someone's going to get a whole lot more excited about working with you when they're thinking about how they're going to benefit instead of the tangible things they'll get. So just keep that in mind when you are working on your services page. Yeah. Even if you just tell someone, I'm going to save you the headache of trying to figure out how yeah. to create a pretty logo or a um, mm -hmm. conversion-based website, um, that alone is going to yeah. make them want to actually work with you. For sure. So something else, and this is like, I'm really inspired about this point, <laughs> or uh -oh. <laughs> I'm really lit up about this point, but I feel like it's 
it's a toss up in the designer community. Yeah. And I feel like you probably notice this as well. It gives me anxiety. Okay. I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this. Let's try not to get too fired up. Okay. Yes. Focus. Okay. Not going to get too fired <laughs> up here. But yes, this point is let your potential clients know the cost of working with you up front. So I know that this is a hot topic and we're saying, you know, we have lots of thoughts on this. Um, there are tons of pros and cons for both showing your prices on your website and for leaving them off. Um, I have actually tried this myself um, in the past. I can't remember when exactly, but I do vaguely remember trying this. And ultimately for both of us, I think the pros of showing your prices outweigh the cons. Um, most importantly, because you are avoiding getting so many inquiries from people who flat out cannot afford your prices. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, but... That alone is like the main reason that I want my prices on my website because I don't have time to answer a hundred emails every month from people who are like, yeah, I have $400 to spend on a website. I'm like, no, I'm not going to work for that price. So go find somebody else. Like I, I don't want to feel mean yep. and I also don't want to waste my time on someone who can't afford me. And that's not a, that's not a negative for that person who doesn't have the budget. It's just like, there are other people out there who can serve you better than I can and won't like rob you blind. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And something you kind of have written in your note too, that you didn't say just now is that you don't, you don't have to second guess yourself. then when that happens, because I remember when I would get those inquiries, you know, they say, this is my, but I used to just ask on my phone, what's your budget. And so they'd give, they'd give this low budget and I'd sit there like, Oh, is that how much I should be charging? It's like, no, that's not. So having your prices, you know, along with just not having to worry about the headache of turning so many people down and answering all those emails, you don't have to worry about second guessing yourself. You know, you'll hear from people who uh, either can't read or have <laughs> the budget, you know, to get started at least with your starting package. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point too. And that's something personally, I was trying to refine a lot more over the last couple of years working with clients is when I had people coming to me for uh, random things or past clients wanting to come back and like just a one page template, for example, and you, it's so much better to know, even if you just have it you know, for a situation like that, let me just say, even if you just have that kind of price written down, like on mm -hmm. a sticky note on your computer, um, you know, right away, okay, this is what I charge instead of sitting there looking at the email thinking, well, this is what I want to charge, but maybe that's too high. And I want to go down a little bit because I want to make sure I get this client. Mm -hmm. And when you don't have any prices listed literally anywhere, I feel like you open up that door to charge every single client something different based on how confident you're feeling that day. Right. And I just feel like you should totally do away with that potential and focus on charging what you feel your experience and just overall knowledge are worth. So, exactly. Um, so yeah, I don't want to keep going here too much. So I'll just say um, if you have any more like questions about pricing, make sure you check out episode 39 because we did a really in-depth episode on that last year. Um, and yeah, it'll help you, especially if you're trying to figure out what to charge. So. Yeah, sure. All right. So my next point here uh, is kind of related 
or maybe like the flip side of the last one I talked about. And this one is to make what your clients will actually get, like the tangible items they'll get clear. Uh, so the last point I talked about kind of downplayed the point, the importance of this, but uh, it's it's still important. So I stand by saying that, but I also want to point out that they need to go know what they're getting as well. So if you have, you know, say a branding and website design package, what does that mean? Don't just say you're going to get branding and a website. Break down exactly what they're going to get. Will they get just a logo or do you include mood boards, fonts, colors, collateral as well in that package? And if collateral, what collateral? collateral? Yeah, I really want to take a second to make a note on this one because I think I have seen some designers get caught up in including like what I call jargon, like design jargon that mm. most people don't know what it means. So mark, submark, yeah. secondary logo, just saying marketing collateral, like a lot of those things are people who have never worked with a designer, they may have no clue what that means. Mm -hmm. So you are automatically potentially losing people who are like, well, I don't know what that stuff is. So clearly I don't need it. So I'm not even going to reach out to them. So I think another point here is be very clear. You know what I mean? Exactly what you're saying. So be clear about what they're getting, but try to ditch the jargon as best as you can, or maybe have like a quick FAQ section where you explain some of those things or a little mock-up where you're showing them off. Also a good idea. I like that one. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, I work with designers all day, every day. And even I'm like, I don't know, like when I like uh, when I will send my designer something to do, I'm like, I don't know if I'm using this word right. Like, I hope <laughs> she doesn't get mad at me. So, yeah, make it super clear, guys. Uh, so basically just have one spot on your page that lists out exactly what's included in your package. And I also just want to mention that you should be strategic with this package. So get the get the client what they're going to want, but also combine it with what they're going to need to get the results that you are promising on that very same page. Yeah. So I actually, Krista, want to challenge you to break that down a little bit more Mm. because (laughs) I am, so maybe we don't have to do it today. Maybe we can do another episode about strategic Mm. packaging, but I'm really curious what a strategic branding and web design package would look like. Uh, Do we want to do it now or should we wait? It's up to you. How long have we been talking here? 20 minutes, minutes so far. Let's just move along. Okay, we're going to keep moving. <laughs> so we'll talk about, talk about that in another episode. Okay, so the next point here, see you guys, this is how on the fly. I'm not even going to edit that out. Like this is how on the fly we are recording yep. now. So um, the next point is to make it easy for someone to book you. And I'm yes, saying that in a really condescending way. And I'm nodding really obnoxiously. <laughs> <laughs> because it is a huge pet peeve of mine when people make it hard to get in touch with you or book a project. I whew, I feel like I experienced this twice last year when I was looking at a couple different websites. And I was like, I don't even know how to get in touch with you. So how am I going to yeah. hire you? Or even when I have to like click and just get brought to the client, the contact page. I'm like, well, what? Like, that's it? <laughs> yeah, literally everyone has an inquiry form now. So you're, just, I, I just put my name and my email and just this, what message, do I, how, like how many paragraphs do you want me to put in this message about right. what I want from you? Like right. it's too much. So it's so important to make it easy, but something else that I think is really important is to also just regularly check in on your forms and your onboarding process to make sure that everything is working. 
So that's another thing. Um, sometimes we change softwares um, or a plugin breaks on our website or something like that. So things can be totally broken and you are just like keeping the clients moving through and you don't even realize it. So make sure you check that as well. Um, and we were just talking about hiding buttons and forms, so I'm not going to get back on my ranty high horse on that. Um, but I think something else that we kind of overlook in terms of making it easy to book you, um, is like the actual process of inquiring and booking. So if somebody's looking at your services page, what do they do if they want to work with you? Like, is there a clear call to action that says, okay, click this button if you want to inquire or click this button to contact me? Something like we're saying, don't hide this stuff because if I can't find the button, um, you can guarantee I'm not going to waste my precious nap time hustle to <laughs> like look everywhere on your website. Yeah. Um, another thing is more specifically in the booking process. So if you have sent a proposal to your clients, what do they do if they're ready to say yes? Do you tell them on their proposal that they can check a box and hit submit? Or are they supposed to send you money right away? Like respond to the email? What is it they're supposed to do? Because I think that's sometimes another big hang up where it's like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do now, so I'm just not going to respond. Um, mm -hmm. And then the last thing, and this is pretty obvious, but in terms of your contract and invoice, is it obvious where they're supposed to sign, how they're supposed to pay you? Like literally make it so easy for someone to get in touch with you, actually say yes to working with you, and then give you what you need, aka that signature and the money to actually start the project. Yeah. And like with something like Dubsado, you guys can make this so easy. Like if you have package pricing, you could like, I'm pretty sure you can like have someone fill out a lead form, generate a proposal. They, they, you know, check off, they approve the proposal. It automatically gets them the contract, the invoice, boom, everything done. You didn't have to do anything. And it was just step by step for them. I don't have mine set up quite that good. <laughs> uh, but there are some powerful things you can do with this step. And I agree. I think it's so important, both in terms of, you know, getting that client to say yes, but also just in terms of how the project starts out. That can be like, it can shape their, what am I trying to, like their perception of you and the work you do a lot if this process is really smooth. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. If it's like questionable and up in the air and they have to, if they have to follow up with you, then you're probably losing the project. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing something wrong there. Yep. <laughs> All right, Corey, does this next point I'm going to talk about give you anxiety? Uh, Do you hate me right now? Yeah. yeah I, I don't totally agree with this one just because I don't like it. I literally say no anytime somebody wants to do this. So I'm <laughs> you're glad you're the one talking yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. So Corey's thinking, no way, Jose. This one is personal preference. Um, and it's, okay, I'll stop like teasing you guys. It's yeah. give potential clients the option to get on a call with you. For me, hear me out, okay? For me, giving the option to get on a call is a big reason that I close as many sales as I do. When I get on a call with someone, I close a sale probably 95% of the time. That's amazing. But I'll also say that what I do is, you know, pretty different from you guys. People are so suspicious of developers. So for me, it's really powerful to get on a call, have a real conversation, show someone that I'm like a real human, not like some awkward person that's going to take their money and run away. Maybe awkward, but I'm not going to take their money and walk <laughs> away. Um, and that I'm like, 
like real and relatable and I know what I'm doing. Um, <clears throat> so if, if you're not against getting on calls, just give people the option and just see how it goes. If you're like Corey and you're like, no way, don't do this. You know, it might not be a huge deal, but if you don't mind, just give people the option. It doesn't have to be like a required thing necessarily. Um, but I do this in a few places. So when someone goes and fills out an inquiry form, I have a link for them to schedule a call if they want to right there. So they can fill out their form, schedule a call. Boom. I have all the information I need, uh, you know, to get on, ask the right questions and, you know, hopefully have them say yes. Um, once they fill out an inquiry form, I also send a confirmation email, uh, just letting them know I got that as well as a contract if they want to, you know, commit right there. And I have the link in there as well. And then, in that email, there's also an intro packet that has a link. So I kind of have that option all over the place. So any stage of them thinking about working with me and getting ready for that, they can get on a call if they want to. And this is just a great place to answer questions, but also to build a relationship that's going to get you that yes. If someone like feels connected to you in any way whatsoever, they're so much more likely to want to work with you for that very reason. Uh, connections I feel like connections are something we miss out on a lot and I don't really like people that much. So I'm good with that most of the time. Uh, but if you don't hate calls, this one really can be a game changer, no matter what Corey will tell you. <laughs> well, it's, it's like you said, it's a personal preference. And yeah. I think the, the main thing there is what you finished on is that it helps you build a connection, which goes back mm -hmm. to the first point we were talking about. And um, the way you connect with your potential clients through social media. Um, I do think it can be really powerful if someone is considering several designers. If they get on a phone call or a Skype call with you, it doesn't really matter which one, and they really vibe with your personality. Yeah. You know, maybe you're both really upbeat, or maybe neither one of you are morning people, and that's something you talk <laughs> about. Um, I do definitely think that it can be a good way to kind of build that connection, feel out a little bit more about the client and um, also explain and answer any, you know, things that they might be feeling that ha they haven't told you specifically. So I do mm -hmm. think it can be really helpful um, to get people to say, yes, I just don't like doing them. Yeah. And I'll, I'll mention something else in all of my welcome material and in my contract, I make it real clear that if they want to get on more calls, it's going to cost them more money. So I don't like calls either. Uh, and one thing you don't want to do is, you know, get on this call and have a set of precedent that you're just going to hop on the phone whenever they want to. Um, so, you know, make it clear that that's not the way it's going to work. And also something I thought of, I'm sorry, I'm making this even longer, um, <laughs> is that if you have lower priced projects, you might not want to do this because this is going to be the, an opportunity for, you know, the lower, you know, people on the lower end of the budget to just ask you a billion questions, try to get answers out of you right there, try to lowball your offer. Uh, if you're offering more premium prices, I would say this is more, more beneficial. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, I'm thinking back to when I charged really low prices, these calls were not not enjoyable whatsoever. So just something else to keep in mind. Yeah, no. And I definitely agree that that's a situation where um, some people do take advantage of calls with designers and they just get on mm -hmm. there and ask a bunch of questions. What would you do? What would you pair this with? What colors do you think are good? Like, yeah. I don't know if that's what people are actually asking, but 
in my mind, I perceive that's what they, they're asking. <laughs> and then they just take all that information and either go to a cheaper designer because they don't really value design anyway, mm-hmm. or they just go and try to DIY it. So I definitely agree. This is more beneficial for you in the long run. If you do have a little bit more of a premium um, pricing to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So moving on here, we talked earlier about kind of figuring out the benefits and showing them off on your sales page for your services. And this kind of ties into the next point that I want to talk about, which is really having strong testimonials and a strong portfolio on your website. Um, I guess portfolio is really beyond our website as designers nowadays with, um, with Instagram, but I think these are both just as important as having a really good sales page and a great booking process. Um, So testimonials, I wanna say that we've talked about this in several past episodes, and we touched on them in our last episode with Melissa. Um, So it's very important, and this is what I think Melissa was uh, talking about, if I remember correctly, um, that your testimonials are written more about your process and the benefits they received from working with you than just that like casual, I really enjoyed working with her. She's such a nice person. I really, you know, whatever. And then that's it. Because Mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things, yeah, you're probably a great person. It is probably really fun to work with you, but that's not what people are looking for anymore because there is so much competition out there to choose from. So going back to those benefits, this is where you can really um, figure out what kind of benefits you're getting for your clients that you can then boast about throughout your sales page. Um, So I would say it's to get better testimonials and to kind of figure those things out. It's really important to send a full questionnaire to clients after you finish working with them with a variety of questions beyond just, hey, what did you think about working with me? Or how did you feel about the project? Because this way you can dive in and really pull all that good information out of them. Have your opt-ins increased? You know, have you seen an increase in booking free calls or booking clients after we did your website, you know, um, stuff like that. So that that way, like I said, you can help them craft a really strong testimonial that goes in that section on your site. But going back to what you were talking about, Krista, you're pulling that information out and then you can start plugging it into your sales page and say, hey, I help my clients increase their conversion rate by 50%. So yeah, Mm -hmm. somebody's going to look at that and say, I for sure want to work with that person. Yep. So if you want to, um, I don't want to go in too much about this, but if you want to hear more about getting really good testimonials, we did talk about this in episode 44 um, and all of the episodes I'm kind of quoting here, we will have a link to those in the show notes. So moving on to your portfolio, I think this is the biggest definer in the types of projects you get. So if you want a specific type of client to say yes more often, then you're obviously going to want to include more projects like that in your portfolio. So we have also talked about portfolios a lot (laughs) in the past. I feel like this is just how it goes now. We talk about things a lot. Um, So the, one of the main things I think we have said is just make sure you're showing off the whole project. So in your portfolio, you don't necessarily have to write a case study. It doesn't have to be 2000 words or anything super in depth. 
But I do think it's still important to show off the different parts of your process. Um, let people see what it's like working with you because they may not go and read your blog. They may just look at your portfolio. So it's still really good to kind of see those things. Another really important thing that I think both of us kind of feel fired up about is to please include more than just this tiny, small one and a half inch by one and a half inch mock-up of what your final project looks like <laughs> on like a computer screen or an iPhone or something, because you're not really giving anyone a good idea of what work you do when all you include is this tiny thing. And before I kind of see if you want to say anything, Krista, I just want to take a second to say, I know a lot of people um, are worried about clients changing their designs afterwards, or they have changed their design, but you still really loved the project. Just don't include a link. Mm -hmm. Like if you did a website design, show off mock-ups but just don't include a link. Like it's that simple. So I have done that for even a personal project um, that I really loved doing last year. I show off a lot of the um, branding process and that sort of thing in that portfolio piece. And I can just not include a link and then it's totally okay, but I'm still showing off what kind of design work I do. Yeah, for sure. And I, I guess all I really have to add to this section is kind of a little bit on that is, Add it to your process checklist at like the second you launch a site or a brand, take a screenshot of, you know, the pages of the website. So if they do, when they do start messing with things, you have a screenshot from the beginning because there are definitely sites where I regret not uh, taking screenshots right when I was done and stuff starts getting messed up or whatever. Uh, but then another point there is just uh, something I do is have a monthly task go off in Asana at the end of each month where I just go through my portfolio projects real quick and check them all. And if you know there's something I link to that's no longer live or has changed, I just removed the link like Corey said. So uh, you know, it's definitely not a huge deal. I feel like I see designers asking about this a lot in Facebook groups. It's totally not a big deal to just include pictures and not a link. So don't let that stress you out at all. Yeah, no. And I think going along with your like regular tasks, something that goes perfectly with that is to regularly update your portfolio. And I just saw in a different group for designers, not ours, but a different one, that the majority of designers polled in that group literally said they only add a new portfolio project years, plural, after the project is over when they are finally working on their own website. This is crazy to me. This works against you because if you are never updating your portfolio, it can look like to potential clients that you're not doing that much work or that you're not doing work at all. And if it doesn't look like you're doing anything, then why is someone going to reach out to you? So please make sure that even if, like you said, it's just like a monthly thing or a quarterly thing, I could totally accept quarterly. Um, make sure that you're going in and adding new projects, especially if you really loved them and they show off what you like to do perfectly. So um, also just going to plug another past episode here. Episode 22 is where we talked a lot about curating your portfolio for the types of projects you want to do. So make sure you check that out. 
For sure. We're on our last one here, guys. And my, <laughs> my daughter is awake. So if my husband doesn't get her, I'm going to have to talk real fast and then <laughs> oh, Corey so she can finish. So we'll see what happens here. The last point we want to talk about is getting yeses from potential clients even when you're booked out and when you're booked a couple months in advance. Uh, and in episode 18, we talked about how to handle booking clients in advance. So if you want to know how to do that, head on over there. Um, but we wanted to basically bring up that if you're booked out, you can still book additional clients. It doesn't mean you have to turn people away or that they're not going to book you necessarily. Um, and I want to kind of touch on this in terms of big one-off projects. Uh, so like a branding project or web design project. If you're booked a few months out, there is absolutely no reason that new clients can't still book you. They totally can. Uh, at that point, the waiting factor is going to be the big thing that makes clients you know, go somewhere else. So I have a few tips for you guys for that. Um, first, make your next available booking dates really clear from the very beginning so someone doesn't contact you, get excited, and then end up really disappointed. So I personally include dates of my next availability right on my services page because I never want someone to get uh, super bummed about that. Uh, also, don't make them wait to sign a contract and pay an invoice until you have that date. Get them on To get them on your calendar, get that commitment. Get them signing contracts, paying a down payment right away. You don't want to be like, oh, okay, this spot is yours, and then you know wait for a couple of weeks before the project, and then, then be like, oh, never mind, change my mind. Get that commitment from them. And then also sell the results. So we talked about this already, but if you're selling a brand or just selling a website, there's no reason someone should wait. They can go anywhere to the next designer on their list who's offering that exact same thing. Um, but when you're selling the results, you – you know, when you're telling the results, you get people and highlighting your process and design style, people will wait for you. They'll wait for those results. And when they're thinking about how unique you are and what you can actually do for them. Um, so, and then just kind of touching on what Corey just talked about, back up those results with testimonials and your portfolio. So people are excited and they don't want to go somewhere else. So they are willing to wait for you. Yes. Those were all really, really good points. And because I know she probably needs you, I'm just going to send us straight into the recap. Um, so obviously we have just talked about, this is one of our longest episodes. We have just talked about how there are so many ways you can increase the likelihood of getting a yes from potential clients. And these are things that do not include lowballing yourself in your project quotes. So please do not do that. So just even things as simple as making your offer very clear on your sales page and being upfront about your pricing can make a huge difference in whether or not someone is going to say yes to working with you. So the main and only action step for this episode is just to choose one thing we talked about today and work on improving it on your website. So don't go crazy and overwhelm yourself with all of our tips because clearly there were a lot. Just pull out one and we cannot wait to hear how it helps you get your potential clients to say yes. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design. Oh,